big market gets the big names. An honorable mention, just like the taunting penalty in general, because it's so bad. The one time I want them to lose, of course they do well. What the hell just happened? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Dirty Turtles podcast. I am your host, Jonas Evans, alongside... Nathan Schwartz, Brandon Schwartzberg, and Duncan Irvin. And when we were making the Twitter for this, Nate, you made me host and you guys co-host, but we're all co-hosts. We are all co-hosts, all equal. Jonas just introduced everything. Yeah, exactly. stuff first. (laughs) First means nothing. Exactly. Uh, First is the worst, second's the best, as some kids say. Well, what about you just, you well, also happen to be second. So what about third and fourth? Third's the one with the treasure chest. That's Going right. back to middle school. And then, Brand, and then we started with Duncan. Then you would go second, so then you'd be the best. and He'd be the worst. All right, so anyway. we have a very, very exciting uh, Super Bowl matchup. But first, we're going to talk about some other stuff that happened in the NFL very recently. Pretty serious story and pretty crazy in a lot of facets of it because Brian Flores is suing the NFL for racism. Uh, there's a few things he claimed. He, I think, hold on, I'm not sure that he's suing them for racism. Well, no, no, for alongside other things. Yes, that was the main okay. headline, though, right? <laughs> I don't, yes, this is the more but, yeah, way of reporting that. But yes. Right, but that was the headline. The, the case of the, Yes. It was like... Like racist intentions in the hiring process. Right, like, exactly. They're not. They're not trying to be racist. It's just like the way everything went down. Yeah, is discrim. It's discrimination it, against minority candidates. It was also abuse. Flores. It was. It was not really applying the Rooney Rule. Right. Which in we'll its get spirit. To. Yeah, exactly. So what happened was Flores claimed the Dolphins offered him a hundred thousand dollars per game to tank. Um, there was obviously that whole Bill Belichick text message thing where it all kind of came out at the beginning because Bill texted, uh, Brian Dable, uh, confusing, or he texted Brian Flores, confusing him with Brian Dable saying, congrats on the Giants job. When Flores hadn't even done his interview with the Giants yet, meaning that they knew they wanted Dable and they were only interviewing Flores because they, the Rooney rule exists. Exactly. So... Essentially, break, essentially not following the Rooney Rule, uh, which also turns out to be what the Broncos did in their hiring process in 2019. Um, they actually did interview him, but they it, apparently they just yeah. showed up in uh, the, uh, and weren't really prepared. Yeah, in the uh, official complaint that Flores and his representative, representative sent to the NFL, they said that, quote, however, the Broncos' then-general manager, John Elway, President and Chief Executive Officer Joe Ellis and others showed up an hour late to the interview. They looked completely disheveled, and it was so obvious that they had drinking heavily the night before. Oh, there's a End quote. bad grammar there. In yeah, that's, I mean, that's just unacceptable. Exactly. No respect to a guy who ended up... I mean, Flores is an amazing coach, too. Yeah. Like he, I, I, he was, I honestly would have said that he was a higher coaching candidate a better coaching candidate than Dable is. I thought he was the number one guy like out of this pool. Extremely unacceptable behavior, and I think we're going to see... I mean, we kind of get this every few years where the NFL, it comes out that, they're, that they've done something uh, 
com- like completely incorrect, don't follow their own guidelines. I, I, I hope this is the time for at least a little bit of change because it kind of almost, you know, I, I like the, the Rooney rule essentially basically held no uh, real power in the actions of the NFL when it was only around for a few years now. When was it? When did it come yeah, it's, I think I don't know exactly when it's been in effect, but it's been within the last decade. And yeah. it's, I'm glad that Brian Flores is striving for change, and it's really unfortunate that he has to possibly throw his chance of coaching again in the NFL away yeah. to get the change for other people. And, like, don't get me wrong, I'm super glad he's doing it. I just wish it wasn't like where he had to waste his opportunity of coaching again. Yeah. I wish there was a way where it could he could get the, where the change could be in place and he would still be able to coach again. Maybe that is the case, mm-hmm. but it's probably not. not yeah, he's, be yeah, that and way. it's a huge risk for him too. And not only was it just the interviews before getting the job and stuff like that, there were also clear evidence of him being like pushed up against a wall while mm-hmm. he had the job. I know that. In 2019, during the season, Miami's owner, Stephen Ross, told Flores that he would pay him 100 k for every loss, and the team's general manager, Chris Greer, told Flores that, quote, Steve was mad that Flores' success in winning, winning games that year was compromising the team's draft position. So basically, the owner just straight up told him, I'll give you money to tank. And yeah. then Flores didn't want that, and then the general manager obviously relayed that the owner was not happy. And then, sorry, uh, after the end of the season, Mr. Ross, the owner, began to pressure Flores to recruit a prominent quarterback, we're not going to name who, in violation of league tampering rules. Flores repeatedly refused to comply, obviously not wanting to stir up trouble. And so, undeterred, in the winter of 2020, Ross invited Flores onto a yacht for lunch. Shortly after he arrived, Ross told Flores that the prominent quarterback was, quote, conveniently, end quote, arriving at the marina. Obviously, Ross had attempted to, quote, set up, end quote, a purportedly impromptu meeting between Flores and the prominent quarterback. And so Flores immediately left. And so Ross was trying to set up Flores into getting in trouble, basically. Yeah. And then that leads to the, like, dysfunction with the whole drafting Tua and then the rumors we got circulating at the end of this past season with, oh, is Flores not, did Flores not want Tua at all? Did the organization not want Tua at all? Did they want Joe Burrow the whole time? And if those allegations that Flores is saying are true, it really does make sense that they were trying to get Joe Burrow the whole time. Yeah. And then they settled for Tua because Flores was it's, coaching to win. Yeah, it's weird, though, because the original report that came out when Flores was fired was that Flores wanted to move on from Tua, yeah. but ownership and the GM wanted to stay with Tua. He was a scapegoat in a lot of the exactly. situations. And I think it's pretty tough for Dolphins fans to look at your organization. The highlight of this whole team is probably Flores in the sense mm-hmm. that he was the guy that wanted this team to win the most. And then you've got an organization that's literally saying, we're going to start slandering your name because you're not following our process of trying to lose games for better draft picks. Which in the NFL is kind of stupid too because, I mean, the difference between like pick, uh, unless you win the Super Bowl, the difference between pick like five and pick 15, I don't think it's like the most human. Obviously you're going to get blue chippers in the top 10 or whatever, but I don't think it's the biggest difference in the world. So 
there was also the news about Hugh Jackson. Uh, he came out and said the Browns also offered him $100,000 to lose each game, which when we were talking about this before, it was just kind of funny. Because obviously, it's also bad as a Browns fan yeah. to think that they were focused on losing that much, but Hugh Jackson ended up still losing like almost every so game he, he coached. He either, me and Brandon discussing the two options are A, he either took the money and lost all those games, or B, he really is just a bad coach and ended up losing 31 well, games in two seasons. This interview actually just happened like like an hour ago on ESPN, yeah. and and Jackson was saying that the Browns' objective, like it was like a four-year plan, and the objective in year one and year two was to lose as many games as possible. Which he did do. And right. he, I guess, just, yeah, he, I guess he didn't yes. need to, but either yes, I guess yes, either intentionally or unintentionally, he followed the what the Browns' management wanted him to do, and they got their wish of losing literally thirty-one of thirty-two games. Whether he was paid to do that or not, we were. We'll, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, my guess is not considering he went on TV and exposed it, but it's kind of funny because he goes on TV and essentially admits that yeah, no, I was offered money to lose and I took, I didn't take the money, so I there's no shady stuff. I essentially am completely responsible for all the losses. Did he did he say he didn't take the money? Is he allowed to? He's not allowed to take the money, right? I can't imagine he could probably work something into his contract. I I can't imagine he would. Take the money and then willingly go on air. Yeah, where he was not in any never conversation. I don't think it's anywhere. as big of the money factor. I don't even know if they. It, the I mon- don't think I'm, legally it's not illegal, but I think with the NFL with their tanking stuff makes it. Um, yeah, I don't. So at this point, I don't think he can face any legal repercussion. Right, I don't think it's about the money in the Browns and Hugh Jackson situation. Even if there is money involved, I think the orig- the initial report was saying there's money involved with the way Jackson was. Talking in that interview, I don't really know if money is his primary concern. I think he's just trying to get the narrative out that the Browns' objective was to tank yeah. and that there is active tanking going on in in the league, and there has been for multiple years now, especially within the last five or seven years. I think we also saw this with I, you can probably look towards the Houston Texans, right? There was no goal of winning in that organization. Cully went out there and performed better than any expectations for him. He had Davis Mills in a defense that didn't exist. One good offensive player in Brandon Cooks, and even he's kind of, you know, not not an, not an all-pro, not an all-star, not a pro bowler. I always say all-star when I'm hmm. describing them. And he still put together a decent season for, uh, you know, what situation he had, and he got fired immediately. So I think there's a little bit of skepticism with what happened with the Texans, too. Am I wrong there? I... No, I think you're right. I think Cully might have been um, an example of kind of a team just looking to check the box with a diversity head coach candidate. Yeah, and, exactly. Because, I mean, realistically, from day one, they never had any intention of keeping him around for the long term. Which is just really um, sad. But it, 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 as far as the lawsuit goes, it's hard to prove that they wouldn't have necessarily done that with a um, white coaching candidate. So a lot of the stuff that... Flores is alleging just legally. It, I've been reading kind of some stuff. It says it might be difficult for him to prove in a court of law that any of this stuff is racism. Yeah, like racially yeah. motivated. Because as you're saying with the Hugh Jackson stuff, I really doubt that only teams with black head coaches. Well, I guess there's only one left now, but only those teams are incentivizing their coaches to lose. Like I, I would guess this is more of the tanking is more of a widespread league problem. But that's a whole another topic for a whole another day. Um, but. This, this is there's a lot of moving parts here. Yeah, I think the I think the not 
abiding by the Rooney rule is really what like mm-hmm. it, he's banking this case on because in that sense the league truly didn't like they didn't follow those rules and I kind of think it's funny and everyone's been pointing out how it's kind of funny that Bill Belichick not knowing how to use a phone is what prompted almost all this possibly I mean I'm not sure if he would have sued only the Broncos in that situation or uh, or maybe I think this was kind of, so because me and Brandon were talking about the Hugh Jackson stuff really like oh why didn't he come out but I think what we're seeing now is kind of all of this stuff has added up so now I feel like Keith he feels that he has enough evidence yeah. accumulated that this is now um, a case worth taking to court. As opposed, because on its own, the Broncos stuff is... It, it, he's, he's So much has happened now that I, he has a very strong case that there's something going on that um, just yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah, so uh, a lot of moving parts, like you said, and I think we'll get a better grasp of how this is all going to go down later because it is still pretty fresh news. Uh, but... Yeah, it's, it's going to change every yeah. single day. Like, exactly. I'm pretty sure there's going to be court hearings coming up within the next day or two. So, there's pro- and I guarantee you there's probably going to be more African-American coaches that come forward or assistant coaches or whoever they may be and yeah. say that they have been um, affected by what Flores and Jackson yeah. are talking about. So, this is definitely just the beginning of this story. Yeah, so on a, maybe a little bit of a lighter note, we're going to move to Terrapin 10, 10. New segment. Yeah, new segment, Terrapin 10, uh, 10 minutes of uh, University of Maryland athletics talk. Uh, and it's going to start with uh, the Michigan State game that we saw yesterday. Uh, Nate and Brandon and I were walking back. We had the game on our phone, and I said, do we have enough time to get down to the Xfinity Center? to rush, to storm the court. Because I actually thought that was going to happen. It was a crazy game. Michigan State ends up winning 65-63. to 63. What are our first takeaways from this one? Yeah. I'll go ahead, Brandon. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I didn't watch a ton of it being in class at yeah. all. But we came back. We saw the last minute. It felt like 10 minutes in the dorm. Because yeah. Yeah, um, it was 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, just the inability to finish games, I'd say, and to have the fan base finally have hope that there could be a bright spot this season, winning in a blackout game at home against the top 15 opponent in the Big Ten, and just, they couldn't do it. They couldn't finish. Ayala had a pretty good game. It was a pretty disappointing last possession for Maryland. Fats Russell kind of drives. I think he was looking for a call there, and it bounces off his toe. Um, I thought Caduce had a pretty good day, could, good game too, and they they stayed pretty competitive with Michigan State. I think uh, we've never. I don't think as as bad as Maryland's season has been, considering their expectations. I don't think there's ever been a doubt uh, about the talent on this roster. It's just. The cohesion just really hasn't been there, and I think you can... Nate, we were talking about this a little bit, too. I think you can probably point to the fact that there was a coaching change in the middle of the season. Um, you lose Turgeon, the guy who recruited you. Danny Manning has done, I think, a decent job considering all the considering um, the situation, but the fact that Maryland hasn't been able to win any of these like big games right. yet is pretty tough. You, yeah, you can only use the lack of chemistry excuse for so long, mm-hmm. and I think that excuse probably is being like milked as much as possible because of all the um adversity and the the team has had to go through this year and with you're right there being like everybody in the rotation is new to 
Eric Ayala and Dante Scott. Yeah. So, like, Simon Wright is getting more minutes. Ian Martinez hasn't been in the lineup recently. Injury, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Injury. Yeah. But also Xavier, play. Yeah, Xavier Green has been getting more minutes. So it's literally just a, a disaster here in Maryland right now. And I, there's really nothing you can do. Like, they're yeah. back to 500 after a two-game winning streak. Now they've lost two straight. It just seems like when, every, when anything goes right, something immediately goes wrong. And for the rest of the season, where we got like 10 or so games left, I think, just the one month left, I think we just got to get through it the rest of the year and just hope we can win as many games as possible because they're, they're not going to make the tournament. I highly doubt they make the Unless they win the Big Ten tournament, which is... It's possible, that, it, but... It's possible, but it won't happen. I mean, they, they shot... What is it? Four for seventeen from three. That's actually, the three point shooting has been is, compared to the rest. I of know, yeah, and that's I think bad that that's one of our good three point shooting games. I mean, their only really dominant Big Ten win was against Illinois when they didn't have Kofi, Kofi Coburn, I mean, which I, is probably which probably would have been the biggest factor in that game. Anyway. Right, if Illinois had Kobe Kofi Coburn, that I, um, game is easily yeah, I mean, in Illinois' favor. So Ayala did not play well. He shot four for fifteen from the field, one for seven from three combined with scott one for 11 from three i mean your two best players that just doesn't get it done especially with ayala being the only real you know uh, th- advertises the only three-point shooter on this team um and again hakeem hart nowhere to be found because you see that all the time sometimes they'll have super these, inconsistent yeah this year. yeah and consistency has been a big issue i i am just one last thought a little yeah. bit curious as to why xavier green played 29 minutes like that just seems like an Awful high number. He seems, he, especially I think because he's, technically, he's filling like a sixth man role. Yeah, almost. I, I don't know because I'm Reese only played seventeen. I don't know. I I, I feel like thing. Julian Reese could have played a little bit more, especially because he the games it seems like that he doesn't play a ton. It's because he's battling foul trouble and he only had <laughs> two fouls last game. I know. So was Caduce on the on the floor at the end there? Or was it Reese? It or, was Julian Reese. It was Julian okay. Reese. Interesting. Yeah, because Reese went Because he almost block. had that block. Yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. What was the... That was just... It was horrible defense on that last possession, by the way, for Michigan State. Um, oh, like I did, the, I did the fat shot? Yeah, no, yeah. not the not the fats. Like, coming out of the Michigan State timeout, the last 11 seconds, like... They They're saying it was horrible defense like they by Maryland against yeah, Michigan State. They just let... I, I forget who it was. It might have been Dante Scott. Um, But they, let, they just let... Um, whoever the Michigan State guy was just driving to the paint, and then Reese went for the block, and he didn't get it. So, oh, yeah. The last possession, because Green was, like, trying to box out somebody before the shot even went up. It was a it was a mess of a possession. All around. Uh, that's about it we have for men's basketball. Their next game is against Ohio State. Maybe they put together a better performance there. Uh, let's move to wrestling, since the three of us, Nate, uh, Duncan and I all cover wrestling for left bench. So, so kind of left out, not going to lie. Yeah, a little bit, huh? We'll get to women's basketball in a second, Brandon. <laughs> uh, Jaron Smith has been the highlight of this team coming back from COVID. He did lose his first match against the guy from, uh, I believe, it, we were there, the Wisconsin the Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He did not win that match. Yeah, he, he lost that one, but had an incredible win uh, against Michigan last Sunday. We weren't there, Duncan. You were there. I was there. Oh, you were there. That's right. Yeah, you, yeah that's right. Sorry. Um, that was that was the 
when you had to edit for like six hours. Yeah, that was just an experience. That was, that was just a night. That was just a crazy night. Yeah. Uh, so Duncan, obviously you've watched like the most matches. So I kind of want to know first from you, uh, what you think of this team and where has it gone right and where has it gone wrong? So they've been a lot better this year than they have in the past. Um, really? Yeah. We didn't win a match at all last year or most of the year before. Um, obviously COVID kind of messed that up and last year it was only a conference schedule, but you know, they've been better. We're still looking for our first big 10 win, which, uh, it's going to be tough. We have Michigan state Rutgers and Northwestern, all of them either have been ranked currently are ranked or receiving votes at this time. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how the big 10 is as a whole. Um, it's going to take some upsets to get there. I think, um, individually Kyle Cochran at 184 pounds and Jaron Smith at 197 have chances to get to the NCAA tournament and, um, make it potentially the semifinals in the Big Ten championships, but um, as a team, I'm not sure how many wins are left on the schedule. Jaron Smith, uh, just go back to him, because I've watched three matches for Maryland Wrestling. He's won in two of them, and they've been pretty big wins. The dude is a stud. He's so big. He's so strong. He's in his seventh year. Yeah, talk about experience. Yeah. I, it was kind of funny. I remember that first press conference that I did with him. He kind of said, I've been here... Uh, before some of these guys were were in high school, which is kind of crazy, uh, and I I think that experience hope, I, it brings a lot of leadership to this team. He's a big he's a big inspiration. I I think I I think he's got good chances to make the NCAA tournament. He's had some big wins, um, most notably against uh, Michigan. I'll pull up the ranking of the guy he beat. I he believe. was number six at the yeah. time, Brucky for yeah. Michigan. Okay. Let's see what he felt to today. Y'all keep talking. But. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's just about it for wrestling. Hopefully, uh, I mean, I, I'm i pretty, you know. Brock cock- fell all the way to 10th. Okay. Six to ten. What is Smith at? Smith went up to yeah. So Brucky drops four, Smith rises four. Yeah, it's been tumultuous for sure. We were, me and Jonas were there when they won both of those duels back in Which feels like a million years ago. Yeah, they won two duels in one day, and then ever since, it's just been back and forth. They. They got a couple wins, and then they lost a bunch. Got a couple wins a couple weeks ago in the South Dakota Open, I believe it was. The South Dakota State Duel. Yes, that was was in the Virginia Duels, but they were playing South Dakota State. Gotcha. And then, yeah, they haven't... They've lost all five of their Big Ten matches, so I... But, yeah, I don't... Just like Duncan said, I don't foresee them winning a Big Ten duel unless guys like Michael North and King Sandoval can step up in the front half of the duels. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon, it's your time to shine. Tell us a little bit about the Maryland women's basketball team and how they're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, they started out the year on fire, winning their first six, including home against number six Baylor. I mean, that was an electric environment. I remember it. That was fun. Won it close by three. And then the off-the-court issues came. They... Before they went to Bahamas, they were without Katie Benson and Faith Masonis because they were both battling illnesses, and they did not play well against two. I remember the Bahamas yeah, was a against weekend, yeah. two of the against NC State and Stanford, who are two and three right now in the rankings, and so those were their first two losses. Then they came back, won three straight, and then went on the road to number one South Carolina and lost their third game. Only lost by seven. They played well, but. Again, that's a tough place to play on the road. Number one team in the nation. Mm-hmm. Then they got a good win against Coppin State. Had a game postponed because of COVID against Illinois to close out the calendar year. And then 
They were at Indiana where they lost Faith Masonis for the rest of the year and lost the game in overtime. So that was now four losses all against top 10 teams. Right now all in the top five. And so then they rattled off two straight wins and then lost two more ranked games to Michigan and Ohio State. Still trying to figure out their rotations. But since then, they've won three straight. Next game will be a Thursday against Michigan State. Looking to make it four in a row. But, I mean, I noticed this when I was writing my preview for the uh, game. Five of their six losses have come to teams currently ranked in the top ten. And the sixth was to number 23, Ohio State. So That's wild. They, I think it really shows how you need to get good teams on your schedule to mm. prove what kind of a team you are. Their identity right now is they're really good, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. They, and they, they, can't, they can't handle those, the, yeah, those they top can't teams. Yeah, they can't rise to the occasion when they need to. And I think if they're going to succeed in the tournament this year, it's good that they've had all this experience and they've had all this loss, mm-hmm. that they know what they can what they can accomplish and how they can get there. And like Brandon said, they're starting to get more of a rotation going. I know like yeah. they've had a lot of missing pieces, yeah. injuries and whatnot, but they've gotten a lot of those people back and they yeah. know if they're not getting people back now. So I think it's just going to, they're going to mesh really well over this last month and then yeah. head into mid-March with the, with the goal of getting that national championship. Yeah, Diamond Miller was a key piece for them last year, but I know she started out the year battling injuries she's now back in the starting lineup and so it's been like five or six games with them and so and also Ashley Wusu Angel Reese they started off the year strong they've kind of hit a little bit of a cold spurt but they're coming back to it and they were just recently announced both of them to the wooden award late season top 20 watch list yeah so obviously they're playing well and hopefully they can keep it up down the stretch Maryland has obviously only Big Ten games remaining. It looks like as of now, their next four games are against unranked opponents before they finish off the year against Ohio State, Michigan, and Indiana. All of which ranked, all of which they've lost to again. So those will be big matchups. Yeah. Uh, they'll probably define this team. Well, they'll definitely define this team going to the Big Ten tournament. Um, and we'll see. I, I'm pretty. I'm still pretty excited. I think that roster's definitely got a lot of talent there. there yeah. There's still a lot of potential. Remember, they beat. At the time, number six, six in the country. Baylor, yeah, and Coach Freeze does a heck of a job. She's one of yeah. the best in the country. So I'm expecting them to, to make a deep run in the tournament. Film. All right, let's talk about these NFL championship games, starting with... Back to our NFL roots. Yes, exactly. Um, Duncan, we all picked the Chiefs when uh, on the last show we did, and you were the only person who picked the Bengals. What did they do to win this game? Why did they deserve it? And why are they in the Super Bowl right now? So everybody's going to be talking about Joe Burrow and uh, T. Higgins obviously had a big game. But really what won this for them was the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we came in here and talked all about overtime and changing that. And either last episode or two episodes ago, whatever it was. Chiefs in overtime still won the coin toss. Bengals defense went out there. Stopped Patrick Mahomes, although he kind of made it easy for him. But um, it was a really bad throw on third down. Yeah, holding holding the Chiefs to twenty four points um is kind of an accomplishment as crazy as that sounds, but uh, they they did what needed to be done quite frankly, and um, the defense was what kept them in this game for a while. It was twenty one to three at one point. They didn't let it get instead of giving up and just letting Mahomes do what he normally does. They were able to kind of stand their ground and let give the offense some time to get back into it, and um, 
you know, I, I, Joe Burrow really didn't even look incredible. I don't think this Bengals offense at all really looked amazing, but they did, kind of like we saw in the Week 17 matchup, they did what needed to be done and were able to get it taken care of. It's been extremely impressive to see what Joe Burrow's done. It's been kind of tough to watch as Ravens fans. Brandon, I'm sure you agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously if any of the teams, I think, were to be in this position in the division, if it's not the Ravens, I'm glad today. Yeah, you were saying he's, that before. He's a very likable guy. Um, so, I mean, again, if it was the Steelers or the Browns, I'd be much more upset. But, honestly, Bengals, Chiefs, I'm kind of sick and tired of the Chiefs being in it. So Yeah, that's, uh, that was my thing. Yeah. I just, you I, were very much rooting against I, the Chiefs. I was rooting more for a Chiefs loss than I was a Bengals win. Yeah, same. Um, I think whoever was going to come out of the NFC championship game would probably have a disadvantage originally yeah but now looking like back on it i think the Bengals have gotten a lot of things that go their way in the playoffs i'm not like discrediting them at all but they've had a lot of like luck yeah we straight up luck i mean you can call it that like yeah like they um, they've had things go their way like not not to cut you off but um i know just at the end of the first half andy reed deciding right to yeah that, exactly. That was out of their hands. Yeah. It was just not the play itself, well, but the decision. But to be fair, their defense was able to stop. Well, yeah, I know, I know. But I'm saying, play. had the Chiefs just actually put together a competent play, yeah, rather than or throwing at the, least, the ball behind the line of scrimmage yeah. and hoping Tyree Kill can make somebody miss, or at least just decided to have taken the three points there, then obviously we can't say, oh, the Chiefs would have had the three points. It wouldn't have gone to overtime. It's never just like that. But obviously. It would have been a different outcome, I think. Right. So, they haven't exactly... Credit to them, obviously, they're here, they're in the Super Bowl, no one can take that away from them, but they've had things go their way. Absolutely. Yeah, I... In terms of the luck, we forget that Ryan Tannehill had the ball at the end of that game in the divisional round, and, and, like, they almost... Well, it was close. They, you know, certain things go a different way, and the Titans probably are in the position that the uh, Bengals were in last weekend. And then even before that, I mean, Derek Carr had to throw into the end zone to tie the game. So the Bengals have had three straight close games, which usually doesn't happen, but they're in the Super Bowl, and Joe Burrow has done exactly what he's needed to do. This defense has played well. I, I mean, the big question mark is this offensive line because now they're going to go up against Aaron Von Miller, one of the Von best Miller, defensive Donald, lines. Leonard Floyd. I mean, they, that, although, I mean, they did give up nine sacks to Tennessee, so obviously it's not the same, but I, I, think, that, I think it'll be a fun game. I'm so way, definitely looking forward to it. On the flip side, the way I look at it is they've given up nine sacks exactly. and still been able to win. How much worse can you really get? Yeah. Like, unless the defense is forcing turnovers. But here, on here's the player. thing, Matt. We'll get to the Rams game in a second, but Matthew Stafford is not going to play like Ryan like Tannehill. The way Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was the reason the Bengals won that divisional round game. It there's no other way to put it. Interception yeah. on the first play of the game. Interception on his first throw. We I know we'll talk about it in a minute, but he was very close to us selling that game right at the end to. True, I think it'll be right close. There, I don't think so. it's going to be a blowout in any way, but I just think look at what happened to the best, arguably the best quarterback in the league last year against the Bucks. Tom Brady didn't play amazing. He played good enough. Yeah, it was and Mahomes own, was always on line. Yeah. One, one yeah, thing just about the Chiefs, I think they seriously like screwed up Patrick Mahomes' youth years. Like now that I think we talked about this earlier. Now his contract is going to hit 
and it's going to be much harder to build a team around him. We, sorry, Duncan, not to bring this up, but we we saw it in Seattle. Oh, I mean, this is his career is taking a very similar exactly. path to Russell Wilson's. Yeah, I, I remember that seeing that graphic that was yeah. like made the Super Bowl first year, uh, lost, won the Super Bowl second year. Or went to the Super Bowl second year, won, went to the Super Bowl third year, lost, lost, and, and like then, never went to the Super yeah. Bowl again. I was like, no, but there's no way that's Mahomes. Yeah. Like, this and is off topic again, but I think we've kind of seen at least from the Seahawks and the Chiefs and now even the Bengals a little bit. Um, so basically, any non-Tom Brady kind of dynasty, quote unquote, over the past few years has been you got to have a good, like good above average to great defense and a quarterback who's not eating up 25% of the salary cap yeah. and kind of surround him with as much talent as possible. You know, that's what obviously what the Bengals yeah. are doing right yeah. now, what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes for a while, what we did for the better path of the early 2010s. And um, there's only so many teams that can do that. But once your quarterback starts starts eating up all that salary cap, you really it, it you struggle to make a cohesive team against around yeah. him. So the I mean, Bills and Chiefs are really going to have to be introspective this offseason. Yeah, because the 49ers against the Chiefs had Jimmy Garoppolo as the starting quarterback. Bengals now have Joe Burrow on a rookie contract. Stafford, he's a veteran, but he's not making an overly absurd amount of money. So yeah. it, it you have to have a young quarterback that is on his rookie deal or a veteran who is willing to eat money. Which the, was what Brady did. Exactly. There's no other Tampa way. Man, yeah. Because there's no way the Chiefs are able to keep Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Matthew, Jones, is, and still put out a good supporting cast. It's just not possible. And I think now is when you really find out, is Andy Reid like one of the elite, elite head coaches? Because he didn't win. He got the Super Bowl. But he didn't win a Super Bowl in Philly. And that kind of ended on a sour note. And so that's just my thoughts. It's absurd looking at Brady's contracts because there's just so many. But I'm looking here, like, average salary, 7 mil, 10 mil, 18 mil, 13 mil, 9 mil, 20 mil, uh, 15. Okay, so, like, that is a lot of money, right? Yeah. But that's but not that's 45 not, that's mil. For the best quarterback in the league, that is yeah. a penny. I mean, I mean there's yeah. uh, guys that there were, I think, there were probably every single year there were guys out there getting paid more money than Mahomes, uh, than Brady was, usually. So, I it's just I actually now that I think about it, this is probably showing to a more to a broader level. I don't know if it is really possible to consistently win it like playoffs and get get to the Super Bowl with that high paid of a quarterback. That's I mean, what happened to the Packers now. Yeah. Um, to it's just hard to like. It's just hard to surround yourself with a Super Bowl winning like con- contending team every single year when you have a guy eating that much salary. Usually, right. you rely. I think I, even with like Brady, yeah. they needed Werfs to be one of the best tackles in the league. Uh, Winfield is on his rookie deal. Uh, they just had a t- yeah. and plus they had like a ton of guys out there that were like getting paid way less than they actually should have just because they wanted to play for Brady with a year in, for a year and it ended up working really well for them because they won that Super Bowl and that's what a lot of those guys wanted anyway. So yeah, Patrick Mahomes' cap hit is now going to be thirty five million, then up to forty six, and then it stays in the forties and fifties. Until he's thirty seven. That's crazy. So yeah, so it's really next year and then you yeah. gotta start worrying if you're Kansas yeah. City. But like, I was curious. Stafford right now is at twenty three mil, which that's a lot, but obviously Well no, they're playing weird games with the Cavs yeah. though in Los Angeles, so Yeah, and, and well yeah, for so, real. Yeah, now let's start getting into the Rams. Before we talk about the game, I'm pretty sure they get to clear thirty nine million dollars in cap this offseason just based on guys that are no longer on their roster. Because I'm pretty sure they're still paying Todd Gurley money. They're still paying Who else? Jared Goff money. Oh, jeez. 
They're still, he got a big and contract they're still paying extension. two other guys money. I I gotta find um the tweet about it or find the other two guys. I can find it. Keep going. Keep okay, going. but yeah, like the Rams are getting a lot of money back from guys that are no longer on the roster, meaning they're gonna be able to go after Von Miller and OBJ for contract extensions. Or even at least they'll have the ability to franchise tag one of them and take the money hit and then just run it back again. Because I don't know how long Matthew Stafford's going to be a Ram. Like I'm, if, whether it's going to be the rest of his career. I don't know even how long he's under contract with them. But like we said, you got to spread the cap around. So I, I yeah. feel, This is going kind of on t- off topic, but I feel like no matter what, just this year, like I'd call that a success, honestly. With for the Stafford, Rams, for, for with the Stafford golf trade, because you get rid of golf's contract, and even just Stafford going to the Super Bowl, like obviously they really want to win. I feel like that. No, I think they gotta win it. But I feel like another aspect is that you have to look at is they got off of golf's contract. Like that, that was a bad contract, and so who who knows what happens with Stafford? Who who becomes quarterback? Obviously. That's however many years down the line. And so, who knows? Maybe they get a very good rookie quarterback and then they go to the Super Bowl again. Here's why I think they have to win it. Jared Goff got them to the same point. True. That is Three true. years yes. ago. So, if Granted, you're in it, he was doing the Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, cheap rookie contract. Yeah, right. Like, J- like, Jared Goff has literally been in Matthew Stafford's shoes before. It was literally Super Bowl 53. Jared Goff in those Rams throwback unis playing Tom Brady. Scored three and points. Now and they got embarrassed. That was a Super horrible Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, one of the worst I've ever seen. Maybe the worst. Actually, Probably. that and the Seahawks um, Broncos. Broncos. That was yeah. the speaking of eight years ago today. Depending on when you're listening to this, that game what, happened. What so. was ten years ago yesterday? Was that that was or no? Wait, what was? Wait, no, what uh, was seven years ago? Seven years ago yesterday was the. Uh, it's intercepted at <laughs> the goal line by Malcolm, Malcolm Butler. I'm not familiar. You'll have to. You don't remember that? Uh, we'll, we'll watch it tonight. Coming up, we'll watch it tonight. One of the best we are coming up on the nine-year anniversary of the Ravens Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, that was you like know a... Jonas and I are going to milk that. And I've, we, watched, uh, I've watched those. We just passed the 30-year anniversary of Washington <laughs> yeah. for the Super Bowl, by the way. Speaking but, uh, yeah, going, no, going, we still got to talk about Oh, yes. We have to talk about it. Going back to the actual game. NFC Championship. Jimmy G, again, played the most average game possible. We say I, that he, every single He actually week. played, like, that was one of the better Jimmy G games. He played I mean, good enough 230 and two touchdowns. Like. He did throw a pick, but I, he did not cost them the game. He was not the reason they lost the game. The sure. 49ers defense cost them the game because they had a very good shot at holding the Rams to not a lot of points in the fourth quarter. Obviously, the Jaquiski tart Dropped interception. If he catches that, they win the game. Like yeah, it's, it's but again, you can't put all the blame on him. I feel like I could have caught that low key. See, I don't even. You can say that, but it's much harder than you. They think were. It. I'm just. Kidding. They were still. No, I was talking to Duncan. The Forty oh, ers were still. That was a tied game at that point. Yeah. I believe seventeen all, or even seventeen. It was, I think it was I think, seventeen. I think, it might have been seventeen fourteen. Hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll check the play by play right now because I think give me a minute. The three 
three of us were watching in here. No, I don't remember. I don't I'm remember pretty, seeing I'm the... Pre- yeah, I don't think you are, but I'm pretty Regardless, sure... Regardless, there was still, like, not nine and a half minutes left in that game. So, literally, any Jimmy Garoppolo... They literally could have gone three and out, they and the Rams have, got the ball right back. But the way back. the 49ers were playing, I felt like if they had just gotten the ball back right there, then it would have been over. It, it definitely made a significant difference in the game. The thing is, it's really funny, because I feel like McVay has always had to coach with the <coughs> assumption that... Stafford's going to do something really stupid at least once in the game, which that throw was. It was nowhere close. It was basically a, you know, like a drop it in the basket to the safety. Praying to the Lord that that was, ball was not close. That was because... when it was 17-14 Okay, so, yeah. Because the Rams got a field yeah. goal on that drive to tie it. And then the 49ers had a chance, but they punted in three plays. And then the Rams got the ball back, kicked the game-winning field goal. So, it's not like that would have... Ice the game, and again, it's not like but the 49ers. It would have been a huge yeah. momentum shift for the Rams team that really needed points on that drive. Well, if you assume what happened, uh, obviously butterfly effect, whatever, but if you assume what happened, right, throws the interception, 49ers go down and, like, punt, right? They still, the Rams would go back down and kick a field goal. 49ers still have the ball to win the game, or at least it goes to overtime. So I think uh, I think a lot changes mm-hmm. from that. 49ers had a great season, and honestly kind of hit me a little bit when I saw Debo Samuel like pretty yeah. emotional on the sideline it, because I kind of thought I, about the whole season, yeah. the fact that this dude has single-handedly brought that team so far. He's done such a good job. Such I don't an mean to speak for other people, but I think, I know me as a fan, sometimes we get caught up in the like, oh, my team's out now, like I'm pretty sad. But it's like the players themselves, like when you get to a stage like that and you lose and the way you they lost and how much you put in, it's like, wow, they... They actually that must hit really hard. Yeah. yeah, and so one last note on the Rams: OBJ played fantastic. Yeah, he's been there. I yeah. think he's been he's like, been especially. Since I don't want to say more effective than Cup, but he's been like a wide receiver one almost on this Rams team, and like it, that's so crazy to say because he. Beckham had nine catches for 113 yards, but Cup had 11 for 131 yeah, I, I, and two touchdowns. I think it's because you know Cooper Cup's going to have a great game, and yeah. when they lost Robert Woods, it's like, okay, OBJ, we really need you to, like, ball out here. Imagine this offense next year with Robert Woods coming back well, and Odell Beckham. Not sure if no, Odell Beckham well, so Did OBJ back. sign in one year? he's going to want okay. to. Yeah, yeah, maybe. If they win so, the Super Bowl, very likely. But again, they, they still have Van Jefferson, like, Van Jefferson's a pretty good wide receiver. I would rather have Odell Beckham Jr. than Van I mean, Jefferson. Yeah, but again, we don't know, like, salary cap-wise, because, I mean, they may want Miller, like, because, again, even though we joke about the Rams don't actually have a salary cap, they obviously still do, so they may just think... A lot of things are going to happen. Well, in, they'll yeah. also get off of Whitworth's contract if he retires. Yeah, but so, I feel like they, nine may, they may feel like having Cup Woods, not having to pay for OBJ as well... And Jefferson is better than Austin. See, I don't think you'd have to pay a whole lot for Odell Beckham Jr. I honestly. think the playoffs may, like, oh, the way he's playing he be... during the playoffs, he's teams not... are going to want to. Okay, how old, how old is he now? He's got to be close to 30, or if I not, think he's 28. Odell looks. He's 28, I believe. I think, okay, look. He's 29. If you look at every single one of those um, teams that have a ton That's of money, not old. the offseason. Say say like say like the Jaguars who have a ton of money. Why would the Jaguars not just throw like an insanely stupid contract at Odell Beckham Jr. so that Trevor Lawrence has an actual? And I, I feel like OBJ now if he does because they, the, they threw that at Marvin Jones last year. That's okay, but Marvin Jones is an Odell. Beckham. If OBJ, but they can't allot that much money to one position OB, when they're that bad. If OBJ wins the Super Bowl, like he may then want to just make more money because like he'll have a ring, like. 
he that'd be a successful. I think season. he'd take less to win another one. I think I could I could see it going either way. Like I feel like we don't know these players enough to determine these things for them, and so. I mean, I'm just going to find his offseason fascinating. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, the Super Bowl matchup, really intriguing. Not something a lot of us thought was going to be the Super Bowl matchup. No. I don't think anybody had the Bengals no. in the Super Bowl. A lot of people did have the Rams. But a second straight year where the team, one team in the Super Bowl gets to play in their home stadium. Rams are technically the away team. Which is kind of funny. Which is funny. They'll get I'm, sure to, they'll, I'm sure they'll probably still get the home locker room, right? I don't know. That maybe would be hilarious. Well, there's, really actually, now that you're thinking about it, I don't probably, think it necessarily matters. There's probably four it's locker neutral, rooms it's in a, that stadium, right? It's a neutral site. No, the Chargers and Rams probably just share a locker room. No, no well, I don't. I don't know. For a locker room, they like, gotta have more. For as much money as I, they spend on that stadium, yeah. they better have at least well, one locker room. Well, there's gotta be three. Thing. I think the Chargers three. don't own that stadium. They rent. They rent to be in there. Do you know that? Interesting. Yeah. So, fun little. Interesting fact for you. Um, it's also funny that Odell even uh, Odell will still have a four hundred thousand dollar cap hit. On oh, actually that might be wrong. It might be void. Yeah, NFL contracts make no sense. Yeah, I don't. I've been trying to do this spot track the, this this entire time. Yeah. I'm like, I couldn't find Todd Gurley on the Rams books. I couldn't. No, he's on there. No, 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 I believe it. I'm just saying, like, I I don't really know how I just, money works. One last thing on the Super Bowl: the tickets are so expensive. Oh, that's the so cheapest stupid. is like. Four thousand five hundred, and that's for like the nosebleeds. It's always been bad, and it's just especially in SoFi. I mean, in LA, like, I just feel bad. I think I feel bad for Bengals fans, for being honest, because your team finally gets to this point after all the struggles in the postseason of not winning game, and now the prices are just insane. See, I don't know how that works because if. I don't know if the prices are like that because so many fans of both teams want to go to it. Maybe that's the case. Probably not. They're probably just making it expensive because it's the Super Bowl. But it's like the Super Bowl is supposed to be a thing where everyone watches from home, right? It's a mm-hmm. home thing. And the NFL should be like, look, we don't actually make that much money off the tickets to the Super Bowl. It's not like that's like coming in as like our number one cash flow. Just make it – just do something for the fans and be like, we're selling this amount of the uh, stadium to fans – for purchase, whatever, we'll make some section like the super rich people. We'll make a, some section of it if you just want to buy the tickets. And then there's like a ton of raffles between both fan bases to get to the Super Bowl too. Why don't they just do that? Like they, I think all these tickets, the price we're seeing now are like aftermarket stuff. Like I don't think the NFL has any control over that. Do you really think it's that like that many people want it? Is is that why yeah. the prices are so? I mean, that's just a once in a lifetime. Yeah. Zone, I'm I would there's only only been fifty five other yeah. events. Like there's two hundred. 60 or 200 like 70 something nfl games now a year but there's only only been 55 super bowls in history and you only can like as a kid you probably don't go to it so like true and and your team your team team only goes so often like the Bengals haven't been there since what the 80s how much money how much money like realistically do you think you would spend I mean, the well, income we make, like as okay, yeah, but say say you're like say you're like I a feel like we need thirty year old jobs, like thirty year old. There's I a lot that goes into. I can't make a reasonable yeah. decision you, to you know your spend team five thousand dollars on a Super Bowl ticket. Yeah, I probably would watch from home. Yeah, um, I'd rather save my four, my four or five thousand dollars and watch it in the comfort of my own home. Okay, and what not if have you, to fly to Los Angeles, which in addition is another thousand dollars, probably. Just figure out. Then you have to buy a hotel. Who says you have to buy a hotel? I mean, 
You're gonna I, sleep in the no. Plane? You could fly it's in the warm morning, in Los though. Angeles. Just sleep on the street. No, you could oh, fly yeah, in the morning. Oh yeah, that's safe. <laughs> um, the sleep side, so it's fun. a good thing you'll never have to worry about that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, side. Whoa, oh my god. <laughs> Us side. Nate. Oh yeah, Nate. Yeah, 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 no, Nate. You definitely don't have to worry about this ever, as long as Dan Dan is still side tracking here. So about ten minutes ago, we just wait till the Washington segment to talk about Jim Harbaugh will not be taking the Vikings job. Oh, will be going. Back out of nowhere. All right. No, no, it it has reference to this. And so, so he's not going to be taking so the, the Vikings the job. The offensive coordinator has emerged as a favorite. Team. Yes, that's oh, where I was going with that before you interrupted me. Okay, I thought this, you have a bad history of not okay, saying yes. Sometimes Brandon does just bring But I wasn't going to bring that up because... But yes, the Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, has now emerged as the favorite in Minnesota since Harbaugh is going to go back to Michigan, even though he was the favorite. And so... Very now, disappointed. I'm yeah, very disappointed. and so can he inter O'Connell interview during the break? Um, technically, he's yeah, allowed I think to. You this allow, year, you're right? allowed to interview during the bye week. My guess is he will interview. If but he's I think he already did his second interview. Yeah. I when think he already he did it. I think he did it earlier when? in the week. Are you oh, not confusing him with Harbaugh? No. Okay. Because watch, why would that was Harbaugh's first interview? Yeah. So the hire can't oh, be okay. official until after the Super Bowl, but it is expected now. Interesting. Oh, you want to? Take a guess at where Kevin O'Connell coached before the Rams. Hold on, I'm gonna guess. Actually, I'm gonna look it up. Is it Washington? Is it there you go. Oh my God! So, so that'd be four used... former Washington assistants that will now have been coaches. Yeah, O'Connell also coached. Because at... guess who he worked with in Washington? He also Sean McVay. <laughs> he he started out coaching in 2015 at the Browns as their quarterbacks coach. Then 49ers in 2016 just hired to their offensive staff, and then in 2017. Hired by Washington as the quarterback's, yep, coach, quarterback's coach. Got moved up to offensive coordinator in 2019. Oh, he was the OC over... But then... Yeah. Over McVay? But then... No, no, no. In, McVay, in Los Angeles, he got promoted to offensive coordinator. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, well, no, he, was, he got promoted to offensive coordinator in 2019 with Washington with Kavanaugh... With Callahan. It, okay, this is well, with no, Kavanaugh was, moving to a senior assistant role. Do you know who that is? So what was McVay then? McVay was, was already in LA. Was in oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And then okay, following okay. 2019, O'Connell was, yeah, was not retained was a- by Ron Rivera, and now and then the Rams hired him in 2020. He was actually in consideration for our, our head coach position. O'Connell? And then yeah, they didn't hire him as the OC, and then Rivera wanted to bring in Scott Turner, so that's when O'Connell hit the curb, and Sean McVay was like, "Gimme, gimme, 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 gimme." And now he's going to be the head coach of Minnesota. Yeah, and so probably another. I probably do really good too. Considering I guess knowledge. we should just go into McDaniel's since yeah. we're already on the topic. Sorry, of head coaches. I, I didn't mean to guess. Oh, all good. There. No Josh worries, McDaniel signs with the Raiders. I was legitimately very surprised by this one. Because I call. I called it. <laughs> I, it doesn't make any sense why he goes to Raiders now and not Colts before. Like what changed? The I AFC think West finally, is probably going to be. Who was the Colts quarterback at the time? It wasn't... Was it Luck? It might have been Luck at the time. It was I, Luck, I'm pretty sure. It, but was, Andrew, retired it was Andrew Luck, but then, yeah. Do you think he knew Luck was retiring? No. I think he thought no. Belichick because was that, by now, and it's just kind of realized at this point. That he might never Luck leave. retired, like, in legitimately, like, the third week of August, and he would have gotten hired in January. It so was there's no 2018. Way Luck knew that he was that announced long. as the head coach of the Colts. So 2018. So, it wasn't even... I think that was, was that after the, was that after the Patriots lost to Tennessee in the playoffs? No, it was the no, year that was before. after they beat the Falcons. Before. 
So it was because when did Frank Wright get hired by the Colts? Because like that's who they wound up hiring. Wait, which was still a very good hire anyway. Yeah. But uh, he was. Wait, how would he have gotten the job in January if they would have still been in the playoffs? He that? was hired in 2018, so he that he was hired so five was after, days after. So it was after Super Bowl. Fifty-two. So McDan- so Super Bowl ends. McDaniel's immediately is like, "I'm going to be the coach of the Colts." Then he's like, "Actually, never mind." Is yeah, that how he literally works? like? I'm pretty yeah. sure he was like about to get introduced, like the press conference. And then he was like, "Psych, I changed my mind. I'm going back to yeah. the just to the like Patriots. his old pal Bill Belichick did with and the Browns." I think the but McDaniels I, no, didn't actually, I feel like McDaniels didn't actually go through with the press conference. That maybe McDaniel's thought Belichick that oh, Belichick true. was going to be out of there sooner, and he would have the air to New England, and maybe he feels like now he it doesn't seem likely that Belichick's going to be gone for another five or ten years, and so he feels like this is the best opportunity. Obviously, I'm speculating. I don't yeah, know yeah, reasons, of course, but of I feel like that could be maybe he, he knows he some. Maybe he just wanted to see what he could do with Derek Carr. Yeah, I, and Derek Carr is a very Jones. good quarterback. I mean, I'm just saying, dude. This AFC West is so tough. Like, yeah. I, the Raiders are probably what. So it's Raiders are probably projected to take third in that division. You basically have to assume you only make the playoffs. If you beat one of the Chargers or the Chiefs at least once, which I genuinely think is going to be pretty difficult to do, but McDaniel's is a—he did pretty all right with Mac Jones. He obviously did extremely well with yeah Pro Bowl his rookie year. It, it's just very di- well. That's because like every yeah. AFC quarterback didn't want to go. Like that has a major asterisk to it, I would say. I I think so. It, does Lamar actually getting a oh my god fan oh that's... <laughs> Why do you do this every time? Because you both know he had no business being named he to the Pro Bowl. He beat the Chiefs this year and then did no, that. No, was week no, two. No. Jonas, Jonas, he, he, he's right. He should not have been Okay, well, if, if Allen goes in, though, and... Josh Allen deserved it literally. Right, but if Allen says no... Then Lamar. Then Lamar's yes. in anyway, so he's but a Pro the, Bowl But no the point, what. what he's saying is he shouldn't... He should have been a Pro Bowl replacement, not yeah, automatically not literally given a spot on People the People were saying he was the MVP like four weeks, five weeks into the season. Yes, Jonas, that was and then five he got weeks hurt. into the season. Well, Jonas, he got hurt in week 11. Jonas, I... Okay, Jonas, but then... You, stop, Brandon, I'm sorry. I will never, I will never admit... You're salty, bro. I'm being a realist, okay? <laughs> Wait, who... who was, it, was, it was Mahomes... Murray... No, Herbert. I don't oh, I thought you... I think we should have made it over Herbert. Herbert's overrated. Oh... Jonas, you're going off the rails. All right, let's yeah. go. Uh, was there an AFC quarterback that was not named to the Pro Bowl? <laughs> That's actually funny. That's they so should always do that. Ben like, Roethlisberger, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, uh, so Teddy, Teddy B. Joe Burrow. Undeservedly. Was Teddy. Burrow named? Um, Ryan Tannehill. No, he, had, he, he wasn't. Is Ryan Tannehill an old He probably would have been in a replacement, no but Burrow was not. Like. So technically, Lamar, Lamar is the only AFC quarterback to be named to the Pro Bowl. AFC North. Well, I mean... I don't so, think that's much of a flex. I mean, Burrow, ben what a bit if he's not know, in the Super Bowl. Pro Bowl over Joe Burrow, Bro, why are you so quiet, Bro. All right. Bro. Uh, so the McDaniels hire will be interesting. It'll be... It will certainly have its challenges. Yeah. Uh, let's move to... Final segment. The reason why we didn't do this episode yesterday. Uh, Nathaniel. Go Take ahead. The floor. The floor is yours. I am now a fan of the Washington Commanders. We have a new team name, a new logo, a new possibly slogan. I don't know. They tweeted out Hail to the Commanders. Is that real? It is real. They tweeted tweeted out Hail to the Commanders. So I don't know if that's what they're going to try and go with for the slogan. 
I personally like it because it's always been hail to the Redskins and now oh. hail to the Commanders. I still like the yeah, yeah. consistency there. A lot of people aren't a fan of the name. I Honestly, like I I like the name. Yeah. I think, yes, it's not ideal. I was personally a fan of Red Tails. That's, um, that's the name that I've seen a lot of. Yeah, because like. you, you get the red in there still. You still have HTTR. It's got military base like Commanders does. Um, you can put a cool logo with it, like an airplane, which is like what a red tail is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it would have been really cool. They decided to go the safer route with commanders. They don't necessarily have a, I mean, the logo is like a W like green Bay with the GB. Isn't Um, the W just a little bit different? The W is very different than the W they have with Washington football team. This actually has like. A font like a cool font. Yeah. I like I like nice, this. It's w got a clean yeah, design. And so, where is the the main like logo? Just the W. The main the... logo is the W. Okay. Then they have the like letter blockage that says Commanders with the stripes, mm-hmm. and then they have the patch. I'm not gonna lie. I like everything about this except I hate the the, the dark jersey. The dark jersey is I so black jersey. Okay, okay. Let me talk I, about I, the uniforms for a second. Yeah, go ahead. I am in love with them. Actually, I, I really like the uniforms. I'm so. I've literally since I've been a fan of this team. Maybe this is why I don't. I like them so much. But they literally had the same jerseys ever since I've been a fan since 2010 or 2011. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2010. So literally just, it's something different. And those those all burgundy uniforms are clean. Like, you can't tell me those are, like, not some of the nicest uniforms in the NFL I like right the, now. I, I like the other the, two The helmet for the home and away jerseys is very nice. It's like a matte burgundy. Yeah. Which is very nice. It's got the new logo on the side of the helmet rather than the numbers they use with the football team. Um... It's different. It does look like more of a college uniform, but I like it. I really do. The white uniform is interesting because there's like some black in there, which I th- I think it would be better if it w- if there was more gold because it I don't there's the only gold in that uniform is on the helmet. Yeah. Which I'm not like that nice, but an all white uniform is an all white uniform. Like I love all white uniforms. If you look at my Twitter, you'll see like whenever last year we wore all white uniforms, I was like going nuts because I love them so much. And then we come to the all black. A lot of people don't like the all black because of the helmet. Yeah, I'm not. A I agree. I agree to that. Or I agree with that because there's the the logo right in the middle yeah, like, of the helmet on the, on like, the, on the front, like on the crown of the helmet. I don't necessarily like that. Just because it's well, it's unorthodox. Like no other team puts their logo so on the crown of the helmet. That's what I was say. The only reason I like that one is because just I'll interject real quick. I don't like it because it feels so generic. And for me, that helmet thing—that's just the whole like rebrand as a whole feels generic. That helmet, I feel like they're doing something different there. Which kind of for the rest of the stuff, I feel like you said they took the safe route. So I think it's kind of cool to see them doing something different there as opposed to just making the black uniform. But the but same uh, as like an all black uniform. Like I wanted them to have like an actual cool alternate uniform for so long. Yeah, like they, the, their only alternate uniform previously was the throwback uniform that they that with like the brown mm-hmm. pants and like the yeah, brown helmet, which is it's literally just like the uniform they wore in the nineteen thirties. Um, but As yeah, I, alternate- I, I I love the black uniform. Other than that, other than the logo on the helmet, I just don't like it because it kind of 
I like the fact that they have something different. And honestly, the helmet thing, whatever. If you want to say, look, we're going to have something that actually looks different from our other two uniforms, They'll sure. They'll probably wear it twice a year. Maybe. Yeah. Like, it's not... I just... It, does it not look like a high school uniform it to you? Looks it looks very... I, it yeah, it looks kind of like just someone made it poorly. I don't that's know. That's how I thought about the Rams. Commanders on the... Re- like, rebranded. So I feel like this is kind of... I don't know. They the Rams? I don't... I, I like, yeah, the, Rams. I don't I like the Rams. That's but. literally... The Rams have their logo on the side just like the commanders it's, one does i don't like the commanders at all i w- i was hoping they were going to do something like you were saying with red tails you can do like a plane like hogs obviously you can have like a hog commanders is just so like untangible and i feel like it's not well like, i see see i think because of their look their geographical location yeah. right they're in washington dc you have the washington capitals yeah you yeah. have the washington nationals what the washington hogs like I feel, like to be fair, I think before, they're trying to go with the like. I'm, I yeah. I do like the Hogs name, but I think they're trying to get consistency with the other teams in Washington. But before they weren't, that was their one thing was that they weren't like that. So that's what I'm saying. Why stick with the old colors if you're gonna try to just conform to the rest? Well, of the I think I completely like changed. The you can't say that because Washington Redskins were made in like 1932. The Nationals didn't move to Washington until well, 2005. Y'all, y'all were like the, the original one. It's, it was cool that y'all were something different, which I thought it was gonna be cool if you were gonna pick another. No, but okay. I, I like. You, let, let me be clear. It was. It was. It's. It didn't stick to the traditional coming. Or excuse me, capitals, nationals. Yeah. It was something. I think they they were just trying to go with the Washington D.C. theme. They were trying I just, to stay. Yeah. I just. I, I like, like that they stick with the colors. I would have liked had they had like an actual like logo. I like, agree. Some type I agree of, with that. Like not just like the I think letter. The w looks good as an alternate logo. Yeah. but as the main logo. Yeah, I think they could have had a cool design with, with the commander's name. Like, what do you make that yeah. logo? Like, that's exactly. the thing. To be you fair, you can't the, really make a logo. The with Nationals commanders. are literally just a W two. And if you think about the Jets, the Jets are uh, like, or actually that was the a very bad example. Actual it's a jet. Jet. Yeah, but here, like, but like Green Bay, Green Bay is also literally just the G, and that's like an iconic. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, like I think people are just hating on it because it's Washington yeah. and it's not a team that wins. Like I, like the Chicago Bears, it's just a C. The New York Giants, it's literally just N Y. Yeah, sure, that's true. Um, I'm just saying, I, I, I think there's so many teams a, with just a letter a logo, and yet we're getting slandered. I, for it. I, know, I, like I know the you w. guys aren't I like the that, w. but like yeah. social media, like Twitter it would have been going nice. Crazy, like, oh, I hate you, I'm, Commander. I'm not, it's not an actual. I'm not upset about it. It would have been nice though to have. And I honestly will say, I think Red Tails would be too specific. I think it'd yeah. be because you don't really. I mean, what like okay, yes, the 49ers a little bit, but you don't have anything like that. Having something that specific is you still kind of want like a team name, a team logo to be like a general thing, like Commanders, Jets. Giant, like, bears, like, you know, like, all these, like, pretty general things. Red Tails is, like, oh, it's named after this, like, specific in the, what was it, the Air Force, or was yeah. it the Navy? I yeah. don't know, yeah. Some military And plus, that, that w- I don't know how much that would make sense, because D.C. is not on the water, and it's, so it's, like, the, the Navy. It's just, they, I think so they, wanted to, they wanted to go the military route. Because they, they command want- from, like... Yeah. DC from Commanders, the central. I, I feel like the, hash, the, the hashtag they've been using hashtag take command is fire. By the way, <laughs> I think they mean the one that they stole from the San Antonio. Yeah. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah. So I he, go ahead. Doesn't go ahead. matter that that franchise is no yeah. longer existing. I think so Commanders that, that hashtag is like is available out of like thinking about like military branches and stuff like that. Commanders like that that just like feels like Navy to me. I don't know. It is or like Army and like that. Yeah, exactly. That's like. In Annapolis, like near DC, that's like they're locating, 
Like that's not, their the name they're is they're going exactly. geographical. They're trying exactly. to stay true to it's not actual like they Washington did DC, the Washington and, Air Force. And like, there was actually there was well, definite was like stadium something like that. Talk today too. Yeah, because like oh you're rebranding. That's now, what I now, said. I said the, now I told you that two next? days the ago. Sta- the new stadium is next. I and said the they DC, should get a stadium the DC in DC. Governor really came out today, or not DC mayor. governor, DC mayor came out and said like we're super excited that the Washington rebrand happened. Body yada yada. And then basically along the lines of we'd love to get like more involved in stadium talks. Do you think they'll build the stadium in DC? Where do you have the space to put that? RFK. I've literally been saying this for okay years now. Saying that for years. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking back. uh, No, I'm not. I'm just saying. They need to get moving because they they've been talking about. Okay, I'm not from this. R- RFK Robert F Kennedy Stadium is where the Redskins used to play before FedEx Field this was has been built. Sitting idle for like twenty it's, years, and they haven't demolished Ooh. it. And then it became the stadium for the Nationals. And now the Nationals are and a national before park. Nationals Park was made, and then it became the home for DC United, the MLS team, moved. before they made Audi Field. So now. It's There's nobody there. using it. It's a, it's like half of a dome. It's kind of a weird shape. It's kind of funky. even even you, you if you don't want to. The, e- the point is, it's in no. That would be really even good. if you don't really want to stick with that stadium. So demolish that and build a new one. No, that's scratch. what I'm saying. They the, need, and my yeah. comment was more directed at um, is it still Mayor Bowser? I don't know, but yeah. um, whatever. That like good you, you're talking about this. Like go ahead and do something about. It. Like obviously you know that's a big financial commitment or whatever. But like but that's why Bezos needs to buy the team. He's not gonna start something if he if he knows that like he needs to know that she. The Washington's gonna go. Okay, I we really want this to happen. Then he then so who knows? She, she I'm well, sorry. I mean, we'll get it. We'll get. A <laughs> I don't know seat. much about. You think Bowser is the Mario character? Yes, exactly. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I agree. I I agree with you. That makes the That's most exactly sense. That's exactly the reason why I said it. As a um as a Virginian, I'm still holding out hope. Uh, it gets moved to Virginia. Why? You're not even a football team fan. Oh, the Commanders. Sorry. It's still. Cool. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't actually intentional. I would be more. No, it's gonna year, take man. a while to like. No, but see the thing is like people are saying like oh that'll never catch on like football team caught on in like yeah, a year no. and that is the worst name of all time like yeah. no there, offense so I don't care that, we, we, we were, we were talking about this earlier there's what 10 players who have now played for the Redskins football team and commanders yes um Terry McLaurin Cam Sims um no running backs no quarterbacks Landon Collins I'm, I'm sticking to the uh, end. Brandon I'm, I'm, Sheriff swing around yeah Eric Flowers Brandon Sheriff um Chase Royer, the center the um, D-line, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, Tim Settle, John Bostic, Cole Holcomb. Hey, John Bostic. Kendall Fuller, um, Landon Collins, and then the punter, Tress Sweat. The most valuable Those player. Those guys have all played for Washington I just, Redskins I, football I just, team and now the Commanders. I just find it like insane how they can say, like, I was there for like three different names for one team and it all happened in what four four yeah. years like that that's just blows my mind bottom line as a fan of the team i really like what they did even though the majority of the fan base doesn't but i think people will come around people and as long as we win people aren't going to care that it's True. a w for the logo people aren't going to care that it's the commanders if we win a, if we win a super bowl in two or three years yeah, I, it doesn't matter i think people hated washington football team and then they all just like okay we see that's going to be here for some time we got used to it like yeah i think it, it'll be the same thing with commanders i think they literally should do, I, this is now this is really out of it but 
just have Bezos buy the, ta- buy the team and be like, look, as soon as we win the Super Bowl, we're building a new stadium in D.C. So I want, you to, I want fans to come to every game, make this the most packed place ever, make FedEx feel difficult, make, it, make players want to come here, and then when we win the Super Bowl, I'll spend like 2% of my money on building a stadium in, in Washington, D.C., but I just I don't think any of that Dude, happens with our Dan Snyder. Are fans now owner. going to come, come to the stadium at least for like the first few games of next year? Do you think? Yeah, well, I think um, NFL the NFL schedule they'll try to put Washington on a prime uh, time of week one. Not prime time. I think they'll but, give them a home game week yeah. one. They put they might put them on Sunday night football. They might do that. No, I don't think that. I don't think. I mean, it, if, if, if it's against the Cowboys week one, they might do it. Washington. I think Washington's gonna try and get like a. Like a um, easy game week one, like so that they can win the Jets or something. Or even or I, I think they're gonna try to do that. Yeah, I think no matter what, they're gonna start out at home. I think the league. I th- yeah, I think they'll start out at home. All right. Well, that's it. Kind of went a little long again, but um, I, Nate is excited about his new team. Oh and, yeah, and I'm we're pumped, as he should be. We're excited. We're gonna do some stuff um, reviewing twenty twenty the twenty twenty one season. We'll do an NFL. On our show. Yeah. And then preview the Super Bowl, maybe talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl. So exciting few weeks coming up. Uh, stay tuned. And we'll be back very soon. Until next time. <laughs>